Once again, it's the Grunge Bible Podcast. Welcome back. This is episode 112. My name is Chris Salona, and I'm joined by Ethan Shalloway here once again. Ethan, how are we doing? I'm doing really good, man. If this is your first time listening, welcome. If you're a long you time a listener, you picked a great first time. You picked a great one. If you're a long time listener, welcome. Thank you. We're back again back. into the flood. I am doing well. I am. Yeah, it was a really, really solid week. It was a very productive week. It was one of those ones where I didn't get. I mean, I worked really hard in all my as, like aspects of life, but I didn't get right. overwhelmed, and I feel really accomplished at the end of it like you know what i mean like it was good it was a good balance of everything so oh yeah good work and play you know so totally. yeah i'm doing i'm doing good man you yeah this was a uh, this was a, a busy week of life uh but busy for a lot of the correct reasons uh some would say all the right reasons all the right reasons uh, t- even today uh this episode comes out on may the 15th we're sitting here on may the 12th um, and it seems like the last few weeks, we're just trying to break our own record for how late we can record this podcast. Uh, I almost suggested it's kind of, like 3am. <laughs> I was going to, I mean, we could lie and tell them that it's 3am, but oh, you we know, already said it in service to, uh, to those who listen. Yeah, it's, it's 1130pm Eastern on a Friday night. So if you want to know how the grunge Bible boys get down on the weekend, you know that we're just podcasting. That's what we do. It's closing time. I love. I love that we throw in uh, different song lyrics and and titles into. Yeah, yeah. It's 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 really important. There's no other choice, and there's no excuses not to. <laughs> exactly. <dude. laughs> there's there's zero chance that we get there's... through an episode without including at least a couple of titles. Exactly. I mean, yeah. I was gonna say another. I was gonna say a rooster quote, you know, but whatever. I mean, they can't kill us. So exactly, they, they know that by now. So we are chugging along, like you said, 112 episodes. It's May in 2023. Um, energy levels are high, and that comes. And uh, Chris, we got a good episode coming up. We have another anniversary come, a few two anniversaries coming up. Um, one for the band, and one for the artists in a not so great way, I guess. I guess yeah, is this, definitely. Yeah, it's still an anniversary. I guess. Yeah, I would. I would consider it. So this this episode is coming out on the 15th of May, and uh, the next week. Um, if you're listening to this uh, shortly after we post it, um, it's busy. Um, May 18th marks the sixth anniversary of Chris Cornell's death. Uh, Chris Cornell passed away on May 18th, 2017. Um, one of the uh, biggest moments and, and, and most vivid memories that I have, I, I think, in, in our friendship as it relates to the genre was waking up that morning and... and, and and, and learning the news. Um, yeah. So we're definitely going to discuss that today. But as it relates to Chris and his body of work, um, later on this week on May 21st, uh, it marks the anniversary of the release of Down on the Upside, um, the final Soundgarden album before they broke up uh, for their 12 or 13 year breakup. Uh, that was released on May the 21st, 1996. Um, so that is the distinction of being the... the um, the youngest Soundgarden album that is still older than me. Uh, oh, I'm, I'm older good. than I'm older than King Animal. Because <laughs> that <laughs> came out in like 2012. We would have yes. many issues if I was not. Older I can't wait that, to do so. a King Animal episode. Oh yeah, it's coming. It, it it's, definitely is. You know, we we're meandering through. You know, we've hit Bad Motor Finger. We've hit Super Unknown. Um, and down on the upside is 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 the natural it's right uh, th- now third step for that. And uh, we're definitely looking forward to getting into that one um today you know we don't have to wait any longer it's it's now it's here if you are listening right now um there's an opportunity opportunity to support us and that's through the wonderful patreon so we have three different levels you can do that off do that at a two a five and a ten dollar so please uh check the links in the show notes or uh, in our bio to be able to fund this enterprise as we like to say because right. it wouldn't be possible without those people and our top level are very special to us and this is the time of the show when chris gets to espouse more information about those yeah, people <laughs> absolutely and ethan i have to say i think that was a grunge bible first that was the first time 
that you introed the uh, the Patreon section, and you did a fantastic job. So I really That's definitely not the first time. It, it's, it's the first time in a while. I have a short maybe memory. It, I'm only it, focused it, on the present. Probably in a while. We've done a lot of episodes. Chris. We've done a lot of episodes. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was I was gonna. But make we that did remark. get into a rhythm. We did get. We we've been in a really nice yeah, rhythm lately. Yeah. So why not? I was gonna make that remark. Uh, I think when we first started the podcast, I felt like every week we were like. Oh wow, we're at 28 episodes. That's a lot. And and once you reach 100, there's a lot of space out there between 100 and the next milestone. So it's like, all right, 112, 135. Yep. Like it doesn't. It's not important. So there's nothing we can really say. But what we can say that is important uh, are the names of the people who choose to support us at, at the top level on Patreon. So we're, we're lucky enough that we have a really good community here uh, that listens to the show. Um, we're even luckier that we have people that choose to review us and. We're the luckiest that we have people who choose to support us financially. I mean, there's there's a lot of people that listen. Uh, not everybody supports us financially, but some do. Some Ethan. do. Some yes, do. Chris. Not everybody does. Some do. And even the Patreon supporters. We have a number of Patreon supporters, but not everybody chooses to be a top-level Patreon supporter. Right. But some do. Some do. And those some who do, uh, I'm happy to read their names right now. I would like to thank Christine Shepard, Corden Stewart, what the fuck's up, Denny's? Shoe the Shoeless, Seattle 4 Fanboy from New Jersey, Marianne, Lauren Irene, Blue Owl, Alexa Shannon, Black Hole Sean, Alex Long, Millie, Nikki Six, Rachel Corning, Brother Nature, Captain Hightop, Kara K, Eddie Vedder got me through my second divorce, Doug Endy, Chris LSMS, Carlene Salona, Jamie Lynn, Jade Mercado, Granny Grunge, Faith Bittner, Fresh Tendonitis, and Fuck Soup. The hallowed some who do. It's amazing. Oh, yeah. And that list needs to grow. It's been a while. So if you're out there listening, it's time to uh, buck up and take yeah, the leap. We, we haven't we haven't rung we haven't rang the bell in a long time. Yeah, and we're we're getting pretty pissed about it. To be honest, yeah, I'm, I'm being I'm honest. A, I'm a little upset. If if it was earlier in the day, and if I had more energy, I would be more upset. But it's 11:30 p.m., so I can only be yeah. so so angry right now. And in more news, something that we started last week and that we are going to continue is. Grunge Bible is trying to sell a house. Yeah. Okay. So this we're is our new house. This is our new goal. We're really we're really trying to sell a house. So if you're out there listening and you're looking to sell your house or maybe buy a house, you know we want to sell one really. But uh, if you're looking to buy as well, we have just the guy for you, my brother, who has anteed up and gave us a great lucrative deal. That if we can convince somebody out there that. Um, you can solve all your problems by contacting my brother, Quinn Shalloway, and he can help you give you all the financial advice to sell that house or buy a house. And He's the ultimate real estate headhunter. He, he is the headhunter. He's based in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. So if you're in that area, he can he's boots on the ground for you. But if you're in any other place in the nation, he will find you the agent that you need to get the job done. And by doing that, you're going to buy our next set of microphones because he's going to cut us a little bit of the deal. And like I said, if you sell a house, you're going to make money. Quinn's going to make money. We're going to make money. So I, I, I just think, Chris, I mean, I was listening back to last week's little little bit we said, and I really want to sell a house now. I'm like, I think <laughs> I it would really be so too. cool, dude. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. I mean, say what you will. Um, I'm, I'm certainly, I'm not quite yet at the point. Um, where I'm a, I'm I'm able to hop into the real estate market and buy something right. for myself and but some something do. that I aspire to. But that's the thing: some people are, some <laughs> yeah. are, and and like people buy houses. Some people do, and some people are looking to do that right now. Some people are looking to sell. And, and I think when it comes to a lot of things like that, it's like um, purchasing a car, obviously purchasing a home. Like there's a lot of things that uh, there's so many people that are vying for your business and for your attention and for what you have to offer and and i think it's so important that you know you solicit and and you gain um you know recommendations from people that absolutely that, whose opinions you value and a lot of people who are listening right now you've spent quite a bit of time with us over the last few years through this podcast perhaps even longer through the page and uh you know this is our this is our recommendation uh if you were looking for um real estate information and yeah. assistance uh quinn shalloway is the man of the hour he's a man for all seasons when it comes down to like you said you know you got when you when you're doing something like this or anything you choose to support someone or something right. and this is a chance to do uh to do right with people that uh you have a connection with you know it's not a random a random real estate agent it's right. connected to the grunge bible so mm. that's why that's why it's it's really cool because if you're gonna you know give your time and effort you might as well do it to 
with somebody that well, not only yeah, that, you know. speaking to that point, we have been very selective over the two plus years that we've run this show. We've been very selective with what we give our oh, yeah. our our support to and what we throw it's our name true. behind. There's not there's not many things, but there there are some, and this is one of them. It's true. It's just like when we recommend a band and we have people on, like there's a lot mm. of people that send us information about yes. their band and songs All the time. And, and tell us to listen. And you know, we can't we don't we don't give our time to everybody but when we do give a recommendation you should listen so Absolutely. and last last thing i'll say if you maybe you don't want to move into this house but if you're trying to flip a house quinn has great experience with buying and flipping houses renovating and all that so he can give you awesome advice on that too um and end of rant so now we can get onto the music but we need to do that stuff you know we need we need to you know yeah. bolster our uh, ability to run this podcast so Exactly. So help us help ourselves and help us help you. Right. Uh, it's, it's that simple. So let's let's get into the musical section of uh, of, of this show, uh, episode 112. As we said, uh, this week marks the sixth anniversary of Chris Cornell's death. And Ethan, lately, for some reason, I'm, I'm not sure why um, I've been I've been feeling a little older. Um, mm. I, I, I'm really starting to notice I a couple of weeks ago marked five years since I graduated college and you know, people are getting married, people are getting engaged, people are going through all sorts of life chapter changes. Um, and for like, there's, there's just something about when Chris Cornell's death happened as it relates to our lives, you know, we were in college and, and I remember it so vividly and it was such a, uh, I don't think it's an exaggeration to call it and kind of like an earth shifting event for us, um, you know, because at that time we were learning so much from Chris's music and, and from the music of his peers and for, you know, him to be here one day and gone the next, it really recalibrated my view on a lot of things. And, it, and, and, and in some ways it made real what was made real for a lot of people in 1994 when Kurt Cobain died or, you know, when Lane Staley really began to struggle and when he ultimately passed away in 2002, I, I you know, for us, you know, we lost Scott Weiland in 2015, but for me, when, when Chris Cornell died and we woke up, I remember, you know, we got the news and we started texting early in that morning, that morning, the following day, uh, it really changed a lot of things. And it is um, strange that six years have passed. Uh, mm -hmm. Six years feels like a significant chunk of time. And um, yeah, it's weird. Yeah. yeah, it's like a quarter, a little bit under a quarter of our lives. And yeah, I think um, kind of, you know, going off what you said, uh, th that time of our lives. So, you know, when you're younger, obviously you've experienced le less life. So I'm not saying that grief, you know, people experience a lot of grief growing up, maybe before age 15. But, you know, the, the experience of loss, you know, is still new in that first 25 years of life. And as you get older, I don't want to, you know, you become more numb to it, but like you see more because you you're more older. You have experience with it. Yeah, yeah, like more people pass. And as you get older, more and more people pass. So this came at a time where we're still young. And it's still like, you know, there's less experiences. Since then, tons of artists have passed away. And I'm not saying it gets easier, but... Right. The it's it's a different experience. So I think that it was early enough where we're still like you're still trying to pro figure out how to process that yeah. certain certain grief of, or certain like loss. Mm -hmm. and, and I think as music fans, we all have that first artist that when they passed away, um, it, it changed something for us on some level. Um, and you know, you go throughout the years, and and all of the famous artists that have passed away before their time. Uh, you know, and as we were saying, I think as it, as it relates to a lot of people that listen to this show, you know, they were teenagers when Kurt Cobain passed away, and I think that right. was the one that changed things for them. And and for us, you know, being born when we were uh, in the mid '90s and and coming around to the genre when we did, um, you know, around 2014 or so, this was really one that changed things, uh, changed things for us. And yeah. It is. It is a. It is a really, really weird feeling, um, and it's with the passage of time. You, it almost becomes into that realm that I think of Lane and Kurt in, in the sense that it's harder for me to realize and 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 understand that like this was a person who you could go see, who people knew, who people loved, who mm -hmm. people had experiences with, watching them on stage, and um, it, it's yeah, it's 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 a really strange feeling. Um, and like you said, you know, as, as we get older, you know, that's one of the harder parts about getting older. I had a really good conversation earlier today, um, you know, with somebody just about how like it is hard to get older and people that you always knew to be young um, start to get older and people start to get sick, maybe and yeah. people pass away. And 
and I, that relates to your musical fandom and, and Chris Cornell for us, I think was, was, was that person where, you know, when, when, when they left, it really, really changed how certain things felt. Yeah. So we're definitely going to be listening to a lot of Chris, a lot of Soundgarden, as you mm. should. So go back, celebrate his music, celebrate his time that we had. Yeah. Listen and, uh, to your favorites, share yeah, your li- favorites with your friends, because that's, yep. that's what you have to do. Watch some interviews, watch some live performances, and you know, take take some time, and then tell the people that you love that you love them. And yeah. Uh, and yeah, I mean, cherish cherish the time you have. That's all you can do. Absolutely, and and I think. Um, you know, with all of those years that have passed, I mean, we've, we've gotten to this point where we're a part of a community uh, that feels so passionately about this music. And, and we have a really cool role that we can, we can talk about this music and share in this conversation with people. And that's exactly what we're going to do today. Um, as it relates to Chris's work, um, specifically with Soundgarden and specifically uh, with the Down on the Upside album, you know, with the anniversary coming up um, on the 21st, um, really excited to kind of take a glance uh, at this album and, and, and give our thoughts and, and give a review as we do with albums around here. And this is one that I'm kind of surprised that we haven't gotten to uh, mm-hmm. thus far. I feel like it's always kind of been lurking, but the time is right to do it today. Uh, and I'm looking forward to getting into it because it's got so many songs on here that are, are so well known and, and that have been present in our lives uh, for so long now. Um, it's cool to that we're going to be able to give it give it its proper due here on the podcast. So uh, yeah. this album was released on May 21st, 1996. Uh, as I mentioned, it was the final Soundgarden album uh, before they broke up in uh, 1997. So, and it kind of marked a, a, a shift of sorts, certainly from mm-hmm. Super Unknown and especially from Bad Motorfinger early in the 90s. And I kind of think of this one like, you need all three of these 90s Soundgarden albums to... To, to really get a full view of, of of who the band was at that time and and whether it was the intention or not, I can't help but think of those three as a as a as a trilogy of sorts and and this mm-hmm. is a logical endpoint and, and and it's and it's an endpoint and it's an album that they couldn't have made had they not made Super Unknown. Just as if they hadn't made Bad Motor Finger, they wouldn't have been able to make Super Unknown. So Soundgarden's progression just makes sense uh, I, to yeah. me in a way that Pearl Jam's only does to a certain extent same thing with nirvana same thing with alice same thing with a lot of these bands like like soundgarden is the leader for me in terms of like you can clearly see the progression uh you know throughout their biggest albums and throughout their most popular period um and this one is uh just a fantastic transformation it's like taking things that they've learned things that they do well Mm -hmm. but also exploring other areas that they hadn't and and they give you something that sounds different but has all of the same ingredients just put together in a different way. This album <clears throat> as a whole is 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 very very complex, you know. Mm. It has so many I mean all all their music is I think I don't want to say compared to the other bands but like they have some crazy parts and crazy transitions and movement in this album. Time signatures too time, all yeah, over time. their all over their discography. There's some weird shit going on, crazy tunes yeah. too. Yeah, and that, and you get all of that with this album. I mean, it's a long album. I think there's 14 songs, and mm-hmm. it, it moves around. It, it really shows everything that they have. And like you said, it's way different than the other two albums. In a good way, they tried new things. and, um, and But you still get that sound garden that you love. It's still got, the obviously, the vocals and pushing mm-hmm. through. I, awesome backing vocals and, and, and like... Um, What's the the uh, rounds or you know the vocals are your know, harmonies and whatnot and everything's layered uh, it's really cool. perfectly yeah layered that's what I'm yeah. looking for it's and, really and it's, good it's really interesting too because when when you when you go back and you read about this uh, or if you were lucky enough to be alive to to have experienced this you know when when they're doing press at the time in in 1996 and in 1997 for this album they made a point to produce this one a little less than they had Super Unknown and Bad Motor Finger and this was kind of had more of like a live recording element to it and and it's remarkable that it sounds so complex um given the fact that they were like hey uh we're gonna we're we're not going to make this maybe as polished and we're gonna leave in things that you know had they happened during the super unknown sessions we would have edited out and and they self-produced this one um you know which is a very very remarkable accomplishment with the help of uh adam casper there but um it's so cool because at this point i mean these guys are so seasoned and you know they they have 
you know, they have the skills to do something like that, that it's great that they gave themselves the runway to basically be responsible for this thing from start to finish. Um, I think that's really, really admirable. Um, something else that was different about this record compared to a lot of with their previous writing is um, uh, for these sessions and, and the whole process, it, it took a lot less time than a super unknown did, for example, because uh, this time around they made the decision and they chose to come into the recording sessions and, and come into the studio with a lot of their own ideas and a lot of their own ideas that were pretty well along uh, towards completion. And I mean, you, you look at this one, I mean, lyrically, obviously, as Chris does, you know, most of the lyrics are his, but Ben Shepard, in terms of the music, his hands are all over this one, mm -hmm. uh, hands all over, as they say. Um, and, and this one, it really makes me appreciate Ben Shepard even more. Um, you know, you think of it, you think of Ben Shepard as the guy with the bass around his ankles, just like flying around the stage. But I mean, his, his ability to, to write the shit out of these songs. Um, I mean, everywhere you turn, he's in there and it's, uh, you know, different approaches like that create, create different results. And, uh, you know, we have yeah. this record because of it. Everywhere I turn, I see your face. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> it is, uh, it is great. So Every I, breath I, you take. <laughs> So the first song, um, Pretty Noose, comes oh, in really strong. Obviously, this is probably one of my favorite songs on the album. I mean, mm -hmm. maybe it's just it's also first. So I, I when I put on the album, it's, you always hear this one first. And if you, you know, if you lose some steam heading, you may cut off the second half or something like that. Some people do that, but um, man, yeah, this first one, you know, I I gotta say it, it's it's a it's a good driving song. You know what I mean? Like oh, both, yeah. both figuratively, we gotta check, check that the box for the grunge bible bingo card. Gotta check it off, but um. But again, like very, very complex, really good layers all throughout the song, and mm. um, I love. This is like a sweet spot for for Chris's vocals and me. Like I just love oh, how yeah. he's singing, singing so like high and and but but it's like it's like a medium octave and just like really strong, mm. and then you know with uh, it's right in his wheelhouse. The, yeah, with the uh, vocals behind it towards the end, it's really good. Yeah, it really is. And and in terms of just the album, I mean, you you start to play this album, you hear this song. I mean, you know it's going to be a different Soundgarden record. You know that the band is different this time around. And something that's really interesting, so Chris Cornell is responsible for the music and the lyrics. He has credits for both for this one. Um, he, has, he has the music and the lyric credits for, in my opinion, the three most successful songs from this record. You know, he's got Pretty Noose, he's got Blow Up the Outside World and Burn In My Hand. And it's just like, Anytime like you're inclined to forget about how talented he was with everything, um, something like that reminds you of it. And I mean, to write a song like Pretty Noose and and those other two that I mentioned, I mean, it's really, really cool. Um, I have a fun story about Pretty Noose. So, yeah, let's hear it. <laughs> yeah. So back when I was in high school, um, I used to, I was conscientious because I had to be and, and because I had crashed my family's computer via LimeWire. So I used to purchase my music from iTunes. So I'd, I'd pay like a dollar a song. And I decided at the, at that point I had heard black hole sun, obviously. And I was like, Oh, like Soundgarden's pretty cool. So I started listening to, uh, to them a little bit more. And I came across pretty noose. I think blow up the outside world. And I think burn in my hand. And <laughs> as you do when you're 16 or 17, the girl that I was talking to at the time, I was like, Hey, um, name redacted um i wanna i wanna buy one of these songs like i i need it on my on my on my ipod like i gotta, yeah. I gotta listen i gotta warm up for my track meets like which one do you which one do you think i should download <laughs> knowing full well that like this this poor girl like didn't know who the doesn't. fuck sound garden was and and probably doesn't care either right but she picked pretty new so uh, I, I was gonna guess overfloater <laughs> <laughs> boot camp <laughs> uh, I can't believe she, I can't believe she didn't I can't pick believe she didn't pick, <laughs> yeah I can't believe she didn't pick dusty <laughs> I know what a shame yeah that's so, awesome so you did this so you picked the song for a girl and yeah. uh, wow. <laughs> Which, I mean, say what you will. I mean, the lyrics, it probably doesn't bode well for the relationship at the time. But, uh, right, never, right. Yeah, we never ended up uh, entering into a relationship of sorts. So, but yeah, that was, uh, that's how that one ended up on my iPod when I was a young and fledgling grunge rock fan. Are you glad? Are you 16. happy that she picked this song? Yeah, it's a great song. I mean, yeah, I'll, yeah it's, 
I mean, it's one of the one of the songs, one of my first Soundgarden memories. It was this. It was Slaves and Bulldozers, and it was Black Hole Sun. That was my that was my like starter pack for Soundgarden. So that's awesome. Um, and and it's a great kickoff for the record. And I mean, this whole record, like you said, there's there's quite a few songs on this one. You know, we've got we've got we've actually got 16 songs on this one not 14 Jeez. yeah it's a long one but they we gotta get it, rolling then they, <laughs> we gotta get rolling let's, we gotta let's, get moving let's get moving it's 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 10 of midnight here so let's roll right into rhinosaur <laughs> the second song matt cameron wrote wrote the music for this one and i mean i just have to say hello matt the matt cameron <laughs> show is back for another season um he's returning <laughs> here and I mean, he's just incredible. On this one. <laughs> he is. I mean, I just love that. Hello, Matt. I yeah. mean, yeah, this one, this one's really good. I, I do. I wrote down the lyrics like only happy when you hurt me, only deadly in a swarm, only uh, healthy, in the healthy in the dirt and only empty in your arms. And it is uh, the, the lyrics on, I mean, the lyrics on this whole album are, are really mm quite deep and quite uh, as they usually are when chris is writing and right. whatnot but it almost felt like and, uh, you took it to another level with this album yeah yeah i would agree there's some really haunting tracks on this mm. one too and um yeah this one this one's great for the longest time i i i, I thought it was I, I think i was calling it rhinoceros like the <laughs> uh, smashing the smashing pumpkin song <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> not the same or the uh the the jurassic animal rhinoceros but as it relates to the chorus those the the lyrics that you just read i love how he kind of each each line he holds that last word for a little bit you know he holds heart he holds swarm he holds dirt and he holds arm and i mean it's just you know this is this album like i said it's like by this point like they're so confident and so knowledgeable in what they're able to do as a unit um and they put it together and, and they just give you exactly what you need um, and, and they do that with a song like like Rhinosaur here. So let's move forward. And you mentioned kind of um, the songwriting and, and the lyrics. And, and I just said how they kind of take it to a different level. And, and the third song here is mm-hmm. Zero Chance, um, music by by Ben, um, but yeah. the lyrics from Chris Cornell. And, and, and with this one, man, like your heart just hurts for the person that, that wrote this song. Like you yeah. just want to hug the person uh, who, who, who put pen to paper and, and, and wrote stuff like this. I mean, like I've mentioned it time countless times on the on the show, but you know, they say if you look hard, you'll find your way back home, born without a friend, and bound to die alone. And why doesn't anyone believe in loneliness? I mean, this one is this one's Heavy. tough. And, and the guitar parts for this are so intricate, uh, and, and they're so complimentary. The, the 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 six string and then the bass guitar. Um and this one, I mean, they, they, they didn't perform it live all the time, but when they did, it was really special. There's some performances of it from later in their career, you know, after they had reunited, and uh, it's really special. And, and this one, you know, as is so often the case when musicians pass away, it really, um, you know, it's you see songs like this in a different light, uh, you know, when, when the person who wrote the lyrics for something like this passes away, especially, uh, you know, if it's through the manner in which Chris Cornell passed away, but... Yeah, this one I'll this one will always affect me. This one will always get me mm-hmm. get me thinking. Yeah, I, I love one of the things I love about this song is the way that Chris kind of stays in that middle ground for vocals, the kind of mm-hmm. the whole song. Yeah. Like he he's very I don't so want to say it's gentle it's not, almost. It's yeah, gentle's the better word. I would say like it's not monotone, but it's like that right in that middle where the baritone comes out and he's yeah. just it's just gentle. It's it's super smooth too. Like they yeah. say if you look hard and he holds that hard brings yeah. it up just a little bit um and it's 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 one of like the smoother rides uh musically uh that yep. you'll find on this album because as as we'll get into it with a few of these songs that are coming up i mean there's just such weird time signatures there's stops and starts there's just like soft and then it's just in your face and i mean this yep. one is just such a stark contrast to all of that um i always think the, be- really the beginning cool. to this one and i would love to i would love to hear ed and pearl jam cover this one i don't know why i feel that like that would be cool like hearing the intro and hearing the guitar like i can just see them playing this and hearing ed singing it and i would love to um have them do a cover of it for some mm. reason I, it's like first thing i thought about when i was listening today yeah that's interesting that would be really cool well we'll just get we'll just get ai to do it since fucking ai is <laughs> ruining everything and i'm seeing all these like, getting out of hand stupid shit it's like oh this is like ai of kurt cobain singing wood i'm like i don't want to hear it 
Like I, just, I, I like don't fucking send me that shit. I hate it. I think it's awful. It's a cesspool of shit on the internet, and I don't want any part of it. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. Um, so the next song, fourth song, Dusty. Dusty. And this, this one, this one is skyrocketing up the ranks for me. Yes, I was gonna say this one is a sleeper. It's not really. I mean, there's there's plenty other sleepers. Probably <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of sleepers. More, more warranting the word, but yeah. Uh, again, this one like. I just love that that middle ground that Chris is accessing uh, mm. for the verses for this one, and it's such a fun like riff on the guitar while he's mm. singing over it. It's um, it's a fun, it's a fun song. This is a really good one. It's so cool too because this really is really like, positive and it's yeah, like the vocals well, are is, positive. This is like one of the happier songs that they wrote, and and I always think of this one as like this is written by the same person, um, the the same character, the same protagonist. Um, the was writing and talking in fell on black days from super unknown, you know, that person, things had gone wrong in their life. And, you know, they always feared that it would come around again. And, and, and it's always out there somewhere. And, and something like this, it's like, I think it's turning back around. And I think I yeah. like it. It's like, I don't know why, but now I'm down on the upside. Uh, nothing's going to put me out. And it's, it's really kind of illuminating and, and, and victorious in a way that you don't get often um, with, with Soundgarden, with Chris Cornell lyrics, especially, you know, around this time. And, and it's really special for that reason. And, you know, obviously I love the fact that it's got the, you know, it's got the lyrics that became the title of the album down on the upside. And I, there's a couple of, there's a couple of sayings that will come across on this record that I love. And I love, I'm down on the upside. Well, I'll say, Chris, I actually wrote that down. So what do you, what do you believe that to mean down on the upside? Like, uh, you know, how, how, how do you take that in a way? Well, on its own, I mean, it could be just about anything, but as it relates to this song, it's like, you're, 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 you're just back on the upside, I guess. I don't know. And like, you're, you're, you're coming back around because you can feel it coming back around. And you, you think you like it. I don't know. It's, it's a difficult, like when you read the, when you read the title of the album, it kind of sounds like not sinister, but it's like everything's kind of backwards and, and confused. Mm-hmm. And like, you're, you're not, you're not grounded anywhere, but I think there's a good element of that too, because it's like, you know, with fell on black days and I mean, it's coming right off of a song like zero chance. I mean, there's no, there's no, um, there's no permanence to these situations and these states of mind that you find yourself in. It's like, you're, you're here in one space for a little bit and then you're moving around. And it's like, if you're down on the upside, I mean, you're not anchored at all. You're just mm-hmm. kind of moving around as, as things come and go. So maybe I, I think that's what it means to me a little bit. Yeah. You have any thoughts? Yeah, I was gonna say it's just like when when things are so rough and then they start getting better, but then you face those like, you know, those t- t- things that bring you down. Like when you're when you're on your way up, like and you mm-hmm. know, and it's like, you know, you have a have a choice kind of thing. Like you know, you're yeah. kind of at a crossroads when, uh, you know, you got to keep it moving forward and stuff. You got to keep turning around. You can't let the can't let the down keep you down type of thing. Yeah, um, totally. But it's an, I, I do love it. It's a great, um, great album title, and like it's just simple, simple set of words that mm. uh, make yeah. it, you know are great. And it comes, it comes from a great song. Speaking of great songs, let's move on to the fifth track of Down on the Upside, and that is none other than Ty Cobb and Ethan. I have to say, I love how like it begins with right. It almost, it's almost like a like a nursery a rhyme box yeah. or something. Yeah, and then it just fucking explodes and it's just so in your face and the chorus of this is so great it's just chris like very quickly repeating hard-headed fuck you all hard-headed fuck you all i don't even know what any of that means um but this one this one is great um and it's, it's Ty Cobb. I mean, it's written. It's titled after the Georgia Peach, uh, one of the the most skilled hitters in baseball history. <laughs> Got four thousand hits to his name. He played for the Tigers in the nineteen nineteen ten. Big hall guy. Way, big way hall back guy. in the day. Oh, he small hall. He was a part of the first Hall of Fame class. Ty Cobb. Small. Oh wow. Yeah. First, so I mean, first yeah, class. He, he would be in regardless. If, if yeah. and I'm a big hall guy, so he would obviously be in. But <laughs> um, yeah, Ty Cobb, man. This is uh, this is just fast and it's hard man it's it sounds it's very hard. yeah it's super punk like and isn't there like some yeah, man, is there is. Man, mandolin in there like I, or, there's, yeah or, i think so or, it's or definitely it's, i know it's on the record yeah there's some, some high strung instrument yeah and uh i just when i hear this like this is just something that they probably had a blast playing in the studio like mm-hmm. they wrote it it's it's like simple in a way lyrically it's fun to play and you know can, kim lives to play shit like this and they, they all can yell yeah yes exactly i mean 
yeah, it's like some some ah oh man, some weird strings, and then the drums come back yeah. in like heavy. I mean, it is it's fun. It's a fun yeah. song. It's very chaotic in like the best it way. Is. Yeah, and it's so cool because there's a lot on this album that's super intricate and and super precise. And this one is just like let's let let loose and just hammer away. Um, and and they certainly were able to do that uh, on Ty Cobb. Uh, but let's move forward to the next song, uh, Blow Up the Outside World, which uh, we had mentioned earlier, uh, Chris Cornell providing the music and the lyrics. Um, my first thought for this one uh, is the same thought as it relates to um, uh, Zero Chance. And like you just you just feel for the person that wrote something like this. And and I think it, this also kind of comes from the same character that was 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 writing and experiencing what happens in Fell on Black Days. I mean, there's so much self-awareness about, you know, your own state of right. mind and and your own limitations um you know nothing can break me at all not one for giving up though not invincible i know you know nothing can do me in before i do myself and uh i mean this one this one's so captivating and chris used to perform this solo um and he used to use like a loop pedal at the end it was so so cool but this one believe it or not ethan this song features my favorite bridge out of any soundgarden song ever I just love the way that it breaks down, um, and I love the way that Chris just like holds holds these words over the top of this bridge. And mm-hmm. I could listen over and over again when he starts singing. He starts his voice starts getting a little higher, and he says, "Trying though I know it's wrong, blowing it to hell and gone, wishing though I never could blow up the outside world." And just over and over and over again, blow up the outside world. Um, this one is just a just a masterpiece. Um, yeah so that, good, that like, is a really really amazing bridge and then it yeah. starts kicking in over and yeah it's so good just a master class when it comes to songwriting um every piece fits really well the ups and downs takes you on a ride exactly what you want yeah um yeah man it's this is a really good one yeah and you can say um, the same thing for the next song that's coming up uh, yeah this is a good stretch track, yeah burden in my hand yeah we're, we're starting we're hitting a pretty good stride here yeah. um in burden in my hand it's it's just another banger uh chris cornell doing doing it all here um and obviously i think this is one that's uh you know for 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 even for casual music fans and casual soundgarden fans you know this is one that's probably front of mind um you know the acoustic, the acoustic yeah. guitar to lead into this, yep. and 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 Chris's voice. Um, they're so complimentary of one another, and it really makes sense why you know his 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 acoustic tours were so critically acclaimed. And you know, I don't think anybody ever went to a Chris Cornell acoustic show and, and regretted it. Um, just as I don't think anybody regrets you know listening to a song like "Burden in My Hand." But once again, you know, once this one starts going and, and the drums kick in, and Matt Cameron does a fantastic job as he always does. You know, this one drives pretty well too, even though it's not mm-hmm. the, the loud, heavy in your face like a Ty Cobb. Uh, you know, it's got that element to it. And, and yeah, you can kind of beep up around like if you're in the crowd, and oh yeah, and 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 then bring it up big for the chorus and stuff. And mm-hmm. um, you totally can with this one, and it's got a lot of great. You know, I love the line, "I lost my head again." Would you lie for me? Yeah. Um. Yeah, and this one you hear obviously it gets a, lo- a ton of exposure. It's one of the bigger songs on the radio mm-hmm. that you, that comes on, so uh, everybody's well versed in this one um, for good reason. For good reason. I don't know if I put it. At, uh, do you do you like Burden better than Blow Up the Outside World? No, I don't. Just because I I absolutely adore Blow Up the Outside World, yeah. but it's you know it's 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 a tough decision for sure. And when once again, like mm-hmm. just as I was saying, as it relates to the bridge. Um, and just like I, I could listen to like those like twenty seconds of the bridge where he's like trying though I know it's wrong. Same thing with this one, like the beginning of the second verse. Close your eyes and bow your head. I need a little sympathy because fear's strong and loves for everyone who isn't me. I could listen to that part on a loop over and over again. And I wouldn't get tired of it. I don't know why. It's just captivating to me. Yeah. Damn his lyrics. That the lyrics are just so every it's every time cool, every time man. you read them back, they're just like yeah. You know, it stops you for a second. Like someone writes. Just they have unlimited lyrics when it comes to this type of heaviness or like you know clever heaviness and haunting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but then we got the next one, uh, Apple Bite, I believe. And never named. You skipped. I'm sorry, never named. I, I, skipped, I skipped. I skipped. Never named. Well, never wrote, named. Never spoken about. <laughs> I, I wrote. I wrote. This one is the pace of Soundgarden 
that I do not adore. <laughs> this is <laughs> this, is, this a, is a challenging listen. This, this is, challenges the listener. Yeah, sometimes when when they go super, uh, sometimes when they get in that punky like really fast, um, mm-hmm. I can check out a little bit, and I think it's because it doesn't let Chris's voice uh, have air to breathe, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but like every time they do something super fast, uh, you know. Well, this one's got those abrupt stops and starts too that um, I'm I'm not the most fond of. I mean, even with a song like Ty Cobb, like I don't love the song. Yeah, I said it. I couldn't yeah. I couldn't bring myself to say it when we were talking about it, but now I feel comfortable. Yeah, um, there's yeah, a few yeah. on here that like I just put like it's just not my pace for Soundgarden. Like there's so yeah. much other stuff, and mm-hmm. that's why like yeah, like but it's so, and, it's it's so weird. Like you imagine in a set list, like you're getting this, and like a couple of songs later, you're gonna hear something like the 15 minute epic sludge jam yeah. that they make, like slaves and bulldozers. Uh, you know, it speaks to the versatility, but it's like everybody's got something. And I know there's somebody out there that never <laughs> named. Like they they wait for that one. Um, yeah, every and every every band's got a few never named. They gotta throw in there in between. <laughs> a few brothers, the cloud. <laughs> yeah, in between song in between songs and. Uh, yeah, but yeah, that's like, okay. But it's still good, and I think that if I were to, you know, spend even more time with it, then mm-hmm. it would it would sink in a little bit differently. Yeah. But. Well, I, I think in the same way, like because I think I feel that way about this album as a whole. Like I needed, I needed for this one to not be the first Soundgarden album that I dove mm. into. Like I needed my entry was super unknown, and then you go back for me. I went back to Bad Motorfinger, and then I then I hopped forward to this one. Um, you know, I, I needed I needed to learn about the band before I got into this one, and maybe I need to learn more about the band before I get into Never Named. But that's okay, mm-hmm. you know, because we've got other songs, and we're gonna move. Speaking, yeah, we're gonna move into the back yeah. eight right here. We finished the front eight. Let's get to the back eight. The talk, apple bite. Talk about a change of pace compared to mm-hmm. <laughs> Never yeah. Named. I mean, oh, yeah. this is like five minutes of just. It's like the most ominous, like it's so brooding and scenery. Plotting. Yeah, like it is. It is quite, quite the song. This, I like it, it. I really like. I like the like strangeness to it because it is strange. Um, it's it's so fucked up. Like this is I, one. Yeah. This is a song that like I would be nervous to listen to late at night for yeah over and over again. The lights are out. Like this is. I mean, this yeah. makes me think that somebody's outside my door. Like, yeah, dude, it, it really does. It it's it's so good, and and something that I wrote about this, and something that I think about this song. I think if if they had taken a song like Applebite into the studio in nineteen ninety one or nineteen ninety four, I think it's a much heavier song. It's got the pace that if a ninety one Soundgarden went in and tried to cut this, I, it would it would get filled up. There'd be a lot more noise. Mm-hmm. It would be heavier. But this one, that absence of like what you're expecting, makes it just so eerie. This is a like it's not often that songs like yeah. give you the creeps a little bit, and this is one that does it. Yeah, and there's some like you know some people don't like watching. Like film is a good thing. If you get if if movies pull out feelings that you know like anger yeah. or like if you're like suspense and all that stuff, um, that's a good thing. And and when right. you have songs like this that make you have those really uneasy feelings, like that's a job well done by them. Like they did it. Yeah. Like they did exactly what they were trying to, to do, and mm-hmm. that's give you something to be like, you know, uncomfortable with a little yeah. bit. Totally would be really cool to. Uh, Pull up some live if they have any. I don't even know if they have a live performance. Apple Bite. I'm, yeah. I'm sure maybe maybe on that '96 and '97 tour that they, yeah. that they put it. But this is it's got to be a really difficult song to play live. Just yeah, because of, absolutely. Just because of what's going on here. <laughs> uh, let's move forward to number ten. So something, a point of contention uh, with this album uh, at the time. Uh, Kim File didn't have the the biggest of contributions in terms of the songwriting to this, but this song is uh entirely kim thiles he wrote the music and he wrote the lyrics for this one as well um and i'm just going to read the first verse um i can't live when it lives it won't live if i die machine has no heart to give heart it takes could be mine Uh, and i want to follow that up with a quote that kim uh that kim once said regarding this song regarding um what it's about and he said that the song is about a life and death match between an individual and a less specifically defined entity. And yes, it's based on a personal experience. 
<laughs> That's fucking incredible. It sounds to me like Kim Thiel was maybe listening to Apple Bite a little too late in the night, a little too many times in a row. If he wound, if he wound up in this life and death match with a less specifically defined entity. I can't that's, live that's when it terrifying. lives. It won't live if I die. That's fucking come on out from where you hide. Damn. Stalemate machine and tie. This is wow. I'm looking at the lyrics <laughs> as well I, right I, now. I this need is, to spend I need to spend more time with this song. Uh, hopefully if I remember right in episode 113 next week I need to follow up on yeah. Ever the Machine Forever because this is <laughs> this is it, it this is, is something else. Like I'm I'm scared. Yeah, I'm scared. I'm I'm, I'm really curious. Scared. Um this is another one where Cameron on the drums is just like yeah. it's just so complex and and it's it's a classic it's classic him where you have a song oh, yeah. and he, and he puts this really kind of crazy beat behind it and then they mm-hmm. just fill it all around. Um he yeah. does that on a few like most of the tracks really. He's always got mm-hmm. some crazy beat and yeah. uh it's awesome. He's got it there. That's for sure. That's awesome. That's a, that's a good quote. I, yeah. I love that. It's based on a personal experience. I love the fact that <laughs> in the interview, the 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 person uh, doing the interview didn't even have to ask, and Kim just knew. He was like, "It's based on this battle." And before you ask, yes, it's based on a true story, a personal experience. Uh, that is that is terrifying. That's that that might be scarier than Apple Bite. You imagine yeah. being in, being involved in a life and death fight. With a less specifically defined entity, <laughs> never the machine forever. What Dude, is that, <laughs> that's so fucking scary because it's there for <laughs> forever. Oh man, yeah, we need to move on. I, yeah. I feel like Apple Bite and Never the Machine Forever. It's like um, it's like that thing when you're a kid when they used to tell you like, don't go into the like, don't yeah. like, don't stand in front of a mirror in the dark and like say Bloody Mary like three times in a <laughs> row, or else like something bad's gonna happen like i yeah. feel it's like don't listen to apple bite and never the machine forever between the hours of two and three in the morning or something <laughs> yeah <laughs> in like, your southwest I, corridor of your house yeah, like. it's like i knew a guy who did that once he doesn't come around anymore <laughs> jeez that is scary oh, yeah let's move forward to tighter and tighter the 11th track um chris cornell music and lyrics for this one this one feels like a throwback to 80s Soundgarden. this one reminds me so much of their cover of smokestack lightning mm. uh and it's a really good um departure i think from a lot of what they were doing on this record in the sense that this 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 territory that they occupy with this song kind of feels a little more familiar especially coming off the heels of apple bite and never the machine forever like you need you need this song where yeah. it is it like kicks you, you back need... to some comfort yeah um, because there's not much to be found in those previous two songs and this this song is a uh this is a winner for me this is the perfect yeah. meld of like the psychedelic sound garden that we love the psychedelic kind of metal like slow metal that is done so well by this band Mm-hmm. Where they like they play so heavy, but then there's there's room, and then Chris is singing, and he's got that little like, you know, modification to the voice a little bit, and it's it's so psychedelic and trippy in like a metal way, which I love. Mm-hmm. Like it's yeah. not there's not many bands that do this correctly. It could sound so cheap when other people do it, and right. this is this song is top notch. Mm-hmm. They they just had it in their hands and so their DNA good. that they so could take good. something like that. They could take a bru- a blueprint like that and just yeah. make it make it perfect. Yeah. I mean, it's not a, not an easy song to pull off and uh like I really don't know if anybody else can could do it. Yeah. Like so this is this is a this is one of my favorites of this album for sure. Mhm. Yeah. Let's move forward to one that's one of my favorites on this oh, album. Oh, all that's right. The next song. Yeah, I'm a big no attention guy. Um <laughs> just like I don't even want to talk about the first two thirds of the song. Um, but like when Chris Cornell starts Good. hammering in the middle, just starts screaming no attention over and over again. And Matt Cameron comes in and calls the fucking shot. And he starts that shift change at the beginning uh, or, you know, towards the end of the song. And, and Chris comes in, you know, they're going to tell you where to walk, when to smile and just what to say. Um, it, it's so hard driving and so cool. Um, there's a there's a really good sound check recording um, of this song from I believe from from the, the Down on the Upside tour from I think late 1996 that Matt like 
sound checking this song. I mean, Chris Cornell is screaming in this song. And Matt Cameron is playing the living piss out of his drums. I mean, he's calling the shots. And it's yeah. it's just, you know, it's Matt. And and this yeah. song is it's so good. It's so driving. It's so just it's it's awesome. And this is it's this like one's classic a, rock almost, like Bonham yeah. type shit. Like Yeah, and this one's a build. And when I say a build, like as a song goes, it gets better and better. Like because that beginning, like the I don't really like the beginning, like minute and a half, and then well, like gets, you said, this is like this is like the Soundgarden zone that you don't love, but then it but changes. Then it's, yes, exactly. I wrote down like not my favorite, but then Redemption. It goes yep. way back to this total different space of like, they're just jamming so well together. Mm-hmm. Really good. It's not overdone like you know some of the other stuff. It's good. Yeah, I'm 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 happy to know that this is one of your favorites. Yeah. That's cool. Specifically for that last like minute and a half. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. So good. Really right, good. We're, right. we're going to move forward to the 13th song, uh, which is Switch Opens, which is a, uh, a musical uh, creation of Ben Shepard. And I just need to take a minute and talk about the heavy lifting that Ben Shepard did on this record. I mean, everywhere you turn, as I said, you know, he's got the music credits for this. I mean, he, he came in to the Down on the Upside recording sessions uh, ready to play. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was all over the place. You know, he's giving you something in this case, like switch opens, which is, you know, the opening is, is it's so, it's so delicate and it's airy. Um, the layering of the vocals are, are just perfect. Um, and this is kind of like, um, like a cousin, I think of like an apple bite. Uh, it just kind of feels like that, but, uh, not, not nearly as scary, but I, I love this is, this is like, for this era of Soundgarden, like what they tried to do on this album, this is a perfect example of it, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you said it perfectly. Um again, I think I think Matt does a good job of, of letting like you said, Ben play and the other mm-hmm. the rest of the other bands shine a little bit here. Yeah. And uh I really appreciate with what they do and, and how they work together with this one. Yeah. Um Yeah, I'm oh. at the I'm definitely gonna be uh, playing this one a little bit more moving mm. forward. Yeah, it's it's a good one, and and another one that's a really good one is uh, this is this is a moment that's been highly anticipated. I think as it relates to this specific episode, uh, and that is the 14th song, uh, Overfloater. Um, Ethan, I I think I said this to you beforehand. I posted this song uh, recently. I think we've all been the overfloater <laughs> at one point or another. <laughs> I agree, dude. I, I mean, just what I just I just feel like sometimes you're the overfloater. You're on the wire over and higher. Yeah, what is an overfloater then? <laughs> it's exact. It's whatever it's exact, it feels like. It 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 feels like it, the song feels like. Yeah, you're almost like floating in a sea. Like you're stuck. You're stuck out at sea uh, with like a lifeline that comes in halfway and pulls you back. And mm-hmm. I love the line. I love the line too. One. Yeah, that you'll see from time to time in the song. Nothing's going to pinch this nerve of mine. I want to make it right. Over the pretense, over the spire, on and connected, I'm overfloating now. Yeah. Remember to forget and then rename your shame. Yeah, this this is a really good one. I, I, I think same same thing, like a switch opens. Like this is, like they, whatever formula that they saw in their head for what they wanted to do for this album, uh, they hit the nail on the head with these mm-hmm. yeah i think this one it's like a it's a good five minute ballad and it's just like a really steady song that mm-hmm. allows you know it's a really steady uh steady performance by the band and, and it's i feel like uh the more you listen to it the better it gets and oh, uh, yeah. i think this is this is a good repeater like you can listen to this one over and over again. Yeah, this and is gonna it's be not, one of the, it's not as scary as Apple Bite. No, it's not. This is gonna be the one of the, if we had to pick three songs for people to listen to more, this is on there. Oh yeah. This yeah, this one and Fresh Tendrils, obviously, from Super Unknown. I mean, there's there's a few songs like that you just gotta just, listen to. They just do a great job of like the last minute of ever all of these songs are so mm-hmm. good. And this one's a really good example of like yeah. You know, if you're not feeling the beginning and all of whatever, just get to the end, get to the last minute and a half where they start playing mm-hmm. it out and yeah. and 
you get what you came for, you know. I love I love how the chorus ends a few times here too, where like you hit that like oh no no no, like Chris sounds like he's talking through talking to you through <laughs> like a payphone or something. Uh, really really cool. This is yeah. this is a great song. Um, we've got two left on this record. Uh, the fifteenth song is uh, a a little song called "An Unkind." Uh, ben Shepard lyrics and music. Um, this one, the note that I wrote for this one is that it was Ty Cobb's brother. <laughs> I, you know, I, I like, don't really more like never named brother <laughs> is what I would have wrote. Yeah, man. Again, this I'm, is just it's just that pace that like it's just not for us. I can't get behind it, and it's a it's a very specific. Like when you listen to those couple songs, like you mm-hmm. know what we're talking about, and um, yeah, I think uh, I think I did read something. I read I read a really a YouTube comment that said that this song, along with like Burden, made the album. And let me, wow. let me see. it says the more you start to listen to and get used to the full album, the more powerful this song feels. It's completely bone chilling in a way that no other song on this record is. And immediately all camp all caps followed by boot camp, outstanding ending to a fantastically underrated album. This song is half the power. I don't know. It, I'm so not. Despite I mean, being one sixteenth of the record, it's fifty percent of the power. It's, it's half the power along with Dude, boot show camp. me the power, child. Give me, give me the unkind. So I read this. And I'm just wondering, like, what this happened is the to most powerful song? It's completely bone chilling. What am I missing? And because I want to get there, so I, I'd love to get there. I would love to get there. The it, puff, something- puff Puff GD is this <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's amazing. Speaking of Jesus Christ, <laughs> speaking of Jesus Christ, though. Uh, <laughs> speaking of Jesus that Christ. I actually need to make. That, that's, that's the best segue that I could have done. Speaking of Jesus Christ, there are a lot of um, religious references on this record, like Applebite, the Garden of Eden type thing, Overfloater, we just had one over the spire. This one, we couldn't look the saints in the eyes. We lack the Moses to look the saints in the mm. eyes. Um, you know, on the storm, it's time to go. There's really like kind of like Old Testament apocalypse type shit going on in this record from time to time, which is really interesting. Yeah. Um, obviously, um, you know, he's he's written and, and he's included, uh, you know, religious overtones before, you know, I think back to a song like Fourth of July, obviously with Jesus uh, down in the hole. Trying to crack a smile and uh, Jesus you know, Christ pose. Jesus Christ pose, written. Oh man, written for the picture that Chris Cafaro took. Yep, have to, have to say yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> I can't believe like th- this that what I just did, Ethan, validates the entire Grunge Bible podcast experience for me. I was able to use the segue. Speaking of <laughs> Jesus Christ, that 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 is one of the all timers that I made bad. it. <laughs> Yeah, I've it, done it. <laughs> you've made it as the podcast host right there. Yep, I've fucking can, done it. You officially can transition anything. <laughs> yeah, I, I can fucking do anything. <laughs> you can transition the fuck out of this. Yeah, man, I totally right. can. Well, yeah, take, us, take us into boot camp. I guess the only transition we need to know is that... It's half um, the power. This is the other half, half the power. <laughs> yeah, that it is half the power, and it's followed immediately by boot camp. Yeah, this is I, a great song to end it. I with, love. Obviously. I love this song. I'm sorry, I, I know you're a big fan this of this song. one. I love this song, the studio version. I love what they used to do live. They used to do their cover of "Helter Skelter" by the Beatles directly into boot camp, and their "Helter Skelter" cover is so awesome. It's just, it's perfect. You've got Kim like giving his short bursts. You've got Chris. You've got, and you've got everybody. Ben, Matt, the whole gang. In uh, this song, once again. There's Soundgarden. They were so good, like you said, like the last portions of the songs. Yeah. You know, in this one, like like the all the riffs come up, like it's it's kind of building to a yep. point, um, and it's kind time. of like you hear it's like it's like lightning just like pulsing through the sky, and and when they get to the end, you know, there must be something else. There must be something good far away, and everything's building far away from here, and I'll be here for good. I mean, what a what a. Uh, what a way to end this record. And and for a long time, this was the last Soundgarden album. Yeah, I was saying, this a, is like how they, they, ha- they left it for 12 years or whatever. I mean, yeah, well, because I mean, this one came out in, in May of 1996 and they played their final show February 9th, 1997. So not even a year later. Uh, and they announced that they had broken up on April 9th, 1997. So less than a year after this thing came out. 
you know, the band had broken up and, and they wouldn't reunite until 2010. So, I mean, this is a, what a, what a wild like epitaph to leave. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and, and this song is, is really, really good. Once again, more biblical overtones, you know, angels in a cage. I must be pure and true. I must contain my views. Um, this is a really, really great one. Um, and it's just kind of this one, like when, when this one stops, you just like, you take a second just to process it and in, in dead yeah. airspace, like you don't listen to anything else after this one. You're just like, I, I need to reflect, decompress and, 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 yeah. and take that one in. Yeah. Yeah. And again, this has like that. It's very like psychedelic and kind of moody mm-hmm. all throughout the song. And, and uh, it creates, it paints a picture, creates scenery, however you want to say it and puts you right there. And right. Um, that's a sign of a good song in my mind. Like it takes you to a place that you can inhabit for four minutes, basically. Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. Um, closing thought I have about this album. I, I think this is really one that I, I grew into um, as a as yeah. a music fan. And, and I grew into as a Soundgarden fan, um, you know, and, and it was, it was so important to be able to kind of connect the dots, like through their progression, you know, and as I said, like I, I got into them, like the first Soundgarden album that I loved was Super Unknown. And then I spent more time with Bad Motor Finger. And then lately, I, I really appreciate this album just because of just how different it is. And 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 it's got so many different elements of what made this band great. Um, and mm-hmm. they're all here. And, and you, you, you wouldn't you wouldn't be able to understand the band, I think, without this without this record. Yeah. Yep. I couldn't said it better. I think. You know, underrated uh, is a word that maybe gets thrown around the music industry. But if you compare it to the other albums and and how how, is. how how different it can be viewed as, and what they did, and the complexity of it, you know, some people don't admire the complexity, but that what that's what makes it underrated in a way. It's like what they were able to accomplish with, um, you know, with the four of them, and mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's. It is a really complete album, and um, yeah, and it's one of those things like uh, like bands like this, like not every not every band, like not all bands are able to uh, break the mold that they created for themselves with their prior more popular work, but some do. Some and Soundgarden, do. Soundgarden certainly did with this. And with that, we say thank you for staying with us to hear our rant on all of uh, all yeah. of these beautiful songs. That I was all over the place. I have. even threw in a rant against AI. So yeah, sorry about that. I got to kind of. It was needed. Away. It was very. It was very yeah. necessary. I, mean, I, I but... believe what I said. So right. <laughs> oh, that, uh, <laughs> Every word I said is what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. We got another one um, in there. Yeah, that's good. That's a really solid album. Go ahead, definitely be listening to that. Um, Chris, if you had to pick one song to tell the people to listen to off this album, where are you pointing them? Um, well, if 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 it's uh, Ty Cobb, if it's all timer, like if this is like my holistic experience as a Soundgarden fan, I I think I would pick Zero Chance, but mm, um, yeah, I'm yeah. going to pick a different song for my song of the week that's off of this album, though. Um, okay, that will that we're gonna get. Oh to. yeah. Let's yeah. do that right now. Then yeah, we'll just go right, right now. In. Yeah, man. So do you want to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. Because I got uh, a, I got a funny little ante- uh, anecdote for my uh, song of the week. So perfect. Yep, I will I will do mine um, because I, this is what I'm going to be doing. But I I strongly implore everybody to go. Let's listen collectively to Never the Machine Forever and try to figure out what's going oh, on love there. It. So that's going to be my song of the week. That's awesome. Yeah. Um. So my song is completely different and will be a challenge for everybody if, if you listen to the playlist and it comes on um and i'm not even really sure i mean i i, I didn't i don't know what the song is about at all because it's actually i i'm in this um mode where to get pumped up i like listening to stuff that either instrumental or you know lyrics that i don't i can't understand so uh Foreign russian language. so russian rap is where i'm like russian deep uh, rap is where I'm at right I've now. I've seen and some of this on some of your playlists. Yeah, and I just I, I I found a song yesterday and I put it on my story because I was because um, the one uh, javelin thrower that I I coach I gave him this playlist I used to pump up and it, it like really worked for him and we we just been like j- enjoying it. Um, but I posted this song. I have no idea what the title is or the name of it because I don't speak Russian. And uh, someone swiped up and said uh, this song sucks. Trust me, I'm Russian, and I was like, <laughs> "That's and I re- incredible." Yeah, and I was like, I responded with 
the Adam Sandler from Uncut Gems. It's just him saying, I disagree. <laughs> and, uh, but I said, but I'm, you know, I'm open for recommendations. And then he said that he's been following the Grunge Bible since 2018 and listens to the pod. He says, thank you. You guys produce great contests. Hope you don't mention pineapple syrup in quotes. That's the title of the song in English as the song of the week in your upcoming podcast. So shout out, (laughs) shout out to my guy for swiping up and telling me not to listen to the song or put it on the songs of the week. But I wanted to give you a shout out because uh, we care about our fans. And if you guys reach out to us, we will do our best to incorporate into the podcast or whether it be trolling or whatnot. But my song of the week is pineapple syrup by a Russian band that I don't know. So that's amazing. I'm really happy uh, yeah. to have that as a part of the lineage of the Grunge Bible podcast song of the week. Songs he's of been the week. Following you since 2018. See, that's like five years. He's an early adopter. Yeah. That's yeah. A long time. It's been a while. So that's, that's awesome. Good. It's really good. We sucked then. I mean, we still suck now, but how many people do you think listen to every single podcast episode? Um, there's uh, there's a good amount, I think. Think so? Yeah. yeah people, I, I mean, it's routine. I think people I think people backtrack, backlog too. Go back and oh yeah, catch, for sure. Well, I'll, I'll get um, we'll we'll get DMs from time to time, and people would be like, hey, like just listen to episode like eighty six, like that was really good. Like I really liked this part. Um, like we just got a message. I mean, it's not that long ago, but somebody just hopped in our inbox like yesterday telling us that we did a good job with the summer hits of the 90s episode that we did uh like nice. a month or two ago so it's cool you know we've got, got people out there so awesome. if you listen if you listen to every episode tell us we want to hear yep keep it up we got more coming so yeah we do well buy Chris, a house will you buy a house quintessential real estate quinn at gmail he's our one and only sponsor besides our patreon supporters so yeah. but chris it's getting late over in the east coast huh there's 12 30 in the morning i i gotta shower i gotta i gotta put this I'm, setup away too it's awful we gotta break down the set dude fuck <laughs> yeah man i don't have any uh, i don't have any bull gang to do that it's it's just me you gotta get up early no not too early like 7 30 8 o'clock nothing out of the norm no yeah. I'm, I'm used that's that's late for me i'm, I'm right. normally i'm normally a 5 30 guy so not tomorrow though but that's okay because some are some do well guys <laughs> some, some do Thank you again so much for joining us. Um, we will be back next week with another great episode. Please like, please share, and we'll keep doing it. So, Chris, thank you again, man. Yeah, thanks, Ethan. Thanks for having me. Rock and roll, everybody. Take care. Rock and roll. Some do. And some will. <laughs> some do. Some do.